0: Hello and welcome to the Eco Business Podcast. I'm Robin Hicks, Deputy Editor of EcoBusiness. On today's show, we're going to talk about a fast-growing slice of the booming plant-based foods market, plant-based eggs. Earlier this month, a Singapore-based food tech startup called Float Foods entered the busy plant-based space with a plant-based egg product called Only Egg. Designed to look, taste and smell like chicken egg, only egg is made from legumes. It comes in varieties that replace both egg yolk and egg white and can be prepared in minutes to produce sunny side up, over easy or soft boiled egg alternatives. Float Foods wants to build a plant based food ecosystem in Singapore that caters to the Asian diet and works with popular Asian dishes such as nasi lemak, egg noodles, nasi goreng and ramen. But will local tastes develop an appetite for plant-based eggs in a region that consumes more chicken eggs than anywhere in the world? Will consumers pay more for plant-based eggs, even if they are healthier and less harmful to the planet? Joining the podcast today is Venita Chilani, co-founder and CEO of Float Foods. She says the idea for plant-based eggs came to her during the COVID-19 lockdown period in Singapore, when eggs were disappearing from supermarket shelves amid a spate of panic buying. And there were genuine concerns over food security in a country that imports most of its food. Welcome to the podcast, Venita.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me
0: now we're really excited to have you on the eco business podcast today because there's been so much talk in recent months certainly over the past 18 months about plant-based food now um you guys launched a company amazingly during a pandemic called float foods now vanita can you tell us a bit about how this project came about
1: Okay, I guess it all started really during the pandemic, as you you mentioned, because I noticed that uh, there were a lack of products on the shelves, we couldn't get access to milk, couldn't get access to eggs of, as you know, toilet paper was also a big problem. and (laughs) All of that really hit me home really hard and I decided to take time to sit down and think about that for a minute. And uh, when I did, I realized and I, and I thought to myself that we were actually extremely reliant on uh, food supplies coming in outside of Singapore and that we really were not self-sufficient. And it got me thinking and I thought, you know, there could be definitely ways we could make our own milk, our own cheese, our own yogurts, and of course our own eggs. And uh, that really got the, the, the whole ball rolling as it were.
0: Yeah, an interesting um, bit about your personal history. I don't hope you don't mind me mentioning, Venita, is that um, as I understand it, as a child you had something of a phobia towards (laughs) eggs. So it's serendipitous, right, that you should come out with an uh, egg alternative.
1: Yes, yes, it is because um, I've got four brothers, and my mom uh, used to make us drink these egg shots, raw egg shots uh, infused with brandy. Of course now i think it's a, big, a bit of a problem giving alcohol to children but at that time she gave us these shots and i still have this feeling of that runny wet egg sliding down my throat and it makes me just extremely phobic so since then which is about 40 over years i've not had runny wet eggs i even have difficulty having omelets and thrambles and so when I travel with my family, you know, I see long queues always at the egg stations and I'm, I always steer clear away from that. So, so to be able to cut into our plant-based one was a milestone, actually, for me. It was quite exciting.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a bit about what um, Only Egg, which is the name of your product, is made from.
1: Okay, so we can't really share very much, except to say that it it has been made using proprietary technology based on legumes. Uh, We can't really go into specifics, but we can share that uh, Only Egg will offer both egg yolk and white as two distinct components. And we are working with research partners such as ASTAR and uh, uh, SIFB, which is the Singapore Institute for Food and Biotechnology, to ensure that uh, only egg is gonna offer a higher nutritional value than actual chicken eggs. So the key point is that we are not going to have cholesterol for sure, obviously, because it's plant-based. And then we have all the other additional benefits where you don't have any residual drug, um, uh, inputs such as hormones or antibiotics and things like that.
0: Great, so there's obviously plenty of upside to plant-based eggs. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk us through a? a bit about the other benefits from eating plant-based eggs obviously there's an animal welfare angle as well that a lot of people that eat um, dairy eggs regular eggs worry about the treatment of the chickens etc and as you mentioned um, the hormones that are chickens are given to um, to stay healthy and produce more eggs yeah tell us a bit about the other benefits of of uh, plant-based eggs
1: Oh, there's a whole range because, uh, you know, uh, from the health perspective, obviously, we are, you know, as I mentioned, no cholesterol. And uh, the protein content is going to be big uh, and higher than normal eggs. Uh, then, you know, there's food security, uh, which is just a, a benefit food self sufficiency. We can make our own eggs. Uh, you know, uh, carbon emissions, we can reduce carbon emissions, use of uh, land resources, energy resources. Um, disease transmissions from avian flu is is going to be significantly uh, mitigated as well.
0: Great stuff. So, um, as I mentioned during our discussion earlier on, Vinita, what impressed me particularly about this launch is to how you've managed to do it so quickly and during a pandemic. Can you talk a bit about some of the challenges you guys have faced of getting float foods off the ground, as I mentioned, um, during a pandemic?
1: Uh, Yes, so I think uh, we obviously had to work off Zoom and we had to coordinate with our scientists and the commercial side and the conceptual side. And actually Zoom was in a way good because it really got us to focus and uh, concentrate uh, our efforts. Uh, And then, you know, we've been working with um, scientists as well. So it has been uh, quite um, advantageous from that perspective, but I guess right now, you know, we, we are, we are, talking about actual concept and going into manufacturing design and going to the specifics. So we will be needing funding and uh, help from strategic investors right at this point.
0: Yeah. So so how far are you from, from this being a commercially viable um, entity that will be able to buy on, say, supermarket shelves, Venita? How, how far away are you um, on your journey towards that happening?
1: Right now, we have a, a really viable proof of concept. It it tastes, looks, smells and feels like egg. Um, but I think for us, because what we're trying to do is not just offer a plant-based substitute. We really feel that this concept of food as medicine is really important to us. What that means is that if we're going to offer a plant-based substitute, it really has to be nutritionally beneficial. You know, And for, from that perspective, the first order of the day is to work with a star bee to up that uh, nutritional profile. Uh, From there, what we will do is work with the Food Innovation Resource Center from Singapore Poly, and they are then going to help us to optimize the product for manufacturing and scalability. So we think it's gonna take about a year um, to get this uh, product done from end to end.
0: Okay, so a year before um, your product will be Possibly be on um, supermarket shelves. Um, yeah. So, what do you, what would you say, Vanita? I mean, you, you, your background is also in startups and the investment community, right? Um, what are investors looking for in new um, plant-based pro- uh, products such as yourselves that are uh, that are about to come on the market? What What are you saying to v- investors about your product?
1: We haven't really, to be honest, uh, spoken to a lot of investors. We've just, mm-hmm. see my our goal really was to focus on getting um, this viable proof of concept out. Um, So that was really our key goal. And we got it to a point where we're really pleased with it and excited about it. And and then the next point was to then work with scientists, which we we have. So we've already organized testing sessions with, with scientists, and they have come back with very positive and encouraging feedback. So Uh, You know right now, I guess the next part is to as I said go into the optimization of the product and this is where we really need to start to talk to strategic investors to see how they can come in to help us to give us the right resources uh, to help us to scale and grow and put this product out into the market.
0: Okay, great stuff. It sounds really exciting and the very best of luck for that. Still a bit of work, you're saying, perhaps in the R&D to make sure that uh, the only egg is at least as nutritious, right, as, as regular eggs. Yes. Um, um, big, big question here is, will the Asian market, regular consumers, buy into plant-based eggs? What, what makes you think that, um, because Asia's obviously, this region is the world's biggest consumer of eggs, um, why will people here switch to plant-based?
1: I think there is a, you know, there's a, a, one of our strategic capabilities is that we are building our products uh, to be culturally relevant. So our only egg is going to fill a gap in the market where plant-based eggs are blended mixtures at the moment. So we can have scrambled and omelets from uh, you know, what's currently in the market. But I think Asians generally prefer their eggs, you know, soft boiled sunny side up. We have them in nasi lemak and fried rice. So I think it's important for us to have our eggs that is uh, appropriate to our culinary tastes and preferences as well.
0: But what's the plan for the future in terms of the products you want to offer, Vanita? Uh,
1: So in the very near future, we have another plant-based egg uh, made using our proprietary technology, which is separate from only egg, and where we're going to be creating shredded eggs. And this can be used in fried noodles, fried rice, uh, you know, and, and that is going to be kicked off, I think, by Q2 of 2021, we should have that out in the market.
0: Great, so where do you see your products um, being used, say in Singapore? Um, where's the, the first sort of port of call for, for your marketing, uh, Vanita? Who would you be talking to? Would it say be restaurants or hawker centers or supermarkets? How, how do you see that part of the business playing out?
1: Yeah, so what we would like to do actually is talk to the Hawker Centre chains because we, you know, Asian, uh, having that Asian uh, relevance is so important to us and there's, you know, I think the 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 first port of call, as it were, would be our our Hawker Centre chains, you know, and go to them and see how can they integrate this into all the locally produced uh, meals that we're having that I mentioned, your fried rice, your noodles, you know, your, your uh, even your sushi, for example, so we're going to focus on that first, and then uh, obviously we will then start cascading into the wider restaurant chains and, uh, and the supermarkets and so on.
0: Great, so we talked um, just now about um, the appetite for plant-based food in Asia, this part of the world. Um, what sort of impact do you think the COVID-19 pandemic has had on people's dietary choices here? Do you think COVID actually has been perhaps a good thing for the plant-based movement?
1: Yes, definitely, because uh, you know, because of the health healthcare, you know, and uh, you know, the world, uh, you know, falling sick and people, you know, falling ill from COVID, and of course, some of them have recovered. But I think all of that has pushed very significantly a transformation in the way we eat, uh, in the way even our lifestyle. I think apart from food, we are trying to be healthier, even with exercise. So it's it's really. Um, it's, I think it has been completely transformative.
0: And why do you think uh, Singapore is a good place to start for you guys, Venita? Presumably, the plant-based um, movement is is stronger here. What about other other countries um, that you've noticed where plant-based is picking up? Perhaps Malaysia or in Indonesia? Do you see um, these markets as a potential um, growth story as well?
1: Yes, definitely. So. Uh, uh, Why did it, why do we start in Singapore? Well, I'm Singaporean, Uh, you know, I like my food and I don't eat eggs, so I would love to be able to go up to a hawker center and say, can I have my nasi lama uncle, but with my vegan uh, fried egg, Uh, but, you know, even regionally, if, uh, you know, we're doing some uh, startup competitions in Indonesia, that's a separate uh, part of our business. And we've seen that um, plant-based food is uh, startups, the landscape has has been incredible. We've seen startups doing plant-based jackfruit, which we already see here, plant-based noodles where they're infusing, you know, all sorts of healthy alternatives like sago and uh, sorghum into their noodles. We've seen, uh, even in Malaysia, uh, quite a lot of movement happening in the plant-based uh, landscape as well. So I think regionally, there's been this big shift you know, for, from consumers wanting a healthier, nutritious uh, alternative uh, to animal, uh, animal meats.
0: Right, yeah, but um, I always wonder, are, are these things, even in dietary preferences, even in food, um, some things that people eat are fashionable? Um, and uh, taste change, right? Do you think that there's a sense that plant-based is something of a fad?
1: Oh, I think definitely it's not a fad. If you look at the market, grocery sales of plant-based foods in the US already that directly replace animal products have grown 29% to $5 billion in 2019. And globally, uh, the plant-based food market is expected to have a a CAGR of 12% uh, to reach 74 billion by 2027. So th- these these are not fads, these are quite mainstream. And I think once consumers have made that switch and you can offer a tasty, you know, uh, really sensory, wonderful product, I don't think they might want to go back to um, animal consumption. And also, if you look at the millennials, they seem to be extremely conscious of what they are doing and, how, and what their lifestyle is because they don't really want to harm the planet any more than we have you know in our generation. So I, I don't think it's going to be a fad. But then let's wait and see how it pans out.
0: Absolutely. One of the last things I wanted to ask you is, is what will... Um... What will make plant-based a success? Um, one limiting factor, as far as I can see, it, is cost, right? Vanita? It is not cheap to develop um, a product like yours, um, and ultimately, the consumer will have to pay for that, right? So um, how do you see the and you know if you look at other plant-based types of food on the market, you know there's, there's obviously the, the big famous ones at the moment, impossible foods and Beyond Burger. Um, they're great innovations, but they're not cheap yet and certainly not accessible to many people living in this region. So how long do you do you think it will be before the prices of plant-based foods, such as yourselves, will uh, come down so that it'll be affordable for the, for the mass market?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because that's also one of our driving mission to make sure that the eggs that we're gonna be selling are gonna be affordable and accessible. Because what is the point of having eggs that cost $10, you know, for a dozen? It doesn't make any sense. We think we can we can actually address that because the um, ingredients, uh, without saying too much, the ingredients, I think, are not expensive. And so if we can, uh, you know, overcome the initial R&D costs for getting everything right um, and crossing that hurdle, eventually we're very confident that it's going to be accessible and affordable. And that's that is really underpinning the way we're going to go about the manufacturing process as well.
0: Great. Well, that's a great place to leave it. Um, Venita Chilani. thank you so much for joining the Eco Business podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank you very much for having me.
0: This podcast was hosted by Eco Business, Asia's leading media company serving the region's sustainability community. Join the conversation by visiting eco Follow us on social media or subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.